Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. Uh, thankfully, my man uh, Patrick took pity on us when it came to trying uh, to guess what the midweek movie was for midweek movie music. When Patrick takes songs from a soundtrack and based on the songs that are played, Hard's not supposed to gather clues and hence that lead us to the feature film of midweek movie music. And this week is Roadhouse. Classic film. All right. Really kind of a pop culture favorite. And Hard and I just couldn't get it based on the songs that were played. And I Wasn't liked even the close, man. Wasn't even close. Yeah. Uh, then after a couple of hints, uh, Harge ended up getting Roadhouse. And I was asking a question for him. Roadhouse? Yeah, yeah I'm like, Roadhouse? Could not believe it, but uh, <laughs> it does make sense. And the Specs text line, they had it from the jump. I think like 20 of y'all ended up getting it on the Specs text line. So we appreciate you guys uh, always bringing it. 512-337-3776. Continue to do so. Also, you can hit us up via Twitter. Harge is at Hardball Harge in the Twitterverse. Patrick Davis said, it's Patrick Davis. And I'm at Rod Babers in the Twitterverse. We got Lots of NBA to discuss here. We got to get into the John Morant statement that was put out about his uh, suspension pending uh, an investigation and Adam Silver's retort or statement that he made about the latest John Morant controversy. We'll get into that and we'll discuss once again the Nuggets with the game one win over the Lakers. And uh, before before we get to any of that, of course, the big story of the day uh, because the NBA wins the day and the NBA draft lottery last night once again showcase why the San Antonio Spurs are, when it comes to lottery luck, the luckiest team in NBA <laughs> history. We talked about it yesterday at Rod's Round the Day, and I just threw it out there. I said, listen, I've done a lot of research, and if you're trying to predict the future, the best uh, predictor of future events or future behavior is past behavior and past events. So we just looked at all the lotteries and you know looked at how teams performed in the lottery and how they end up being placed in the lottery, and we all came to the conclusion, and everybody probably knew this based on the eye test, the San Antonio Spurs are the luckiest team in the NBA when it comes to the lottery well statistically and analytically they actually are the luckiest team when it comes to that and they solidified again last night so now in the modern nba lottery they've been in the lottery six times after missing the playoffs with eight times they put them in the lottery six times and half of the time gentlemen they've gotten the number one overall mm-hmm. pick 50 percent of the time when they're in the lottery they end up winning the whole damn thing we had a great texture that hit us up uh, yesterday and described it perfectly. The Spurs, they don't often call on Lady Luck, but when they do, she comes a-running, and she came running once again. She answers the bell. They get Wimby. Exactly. They get Wimby, Parts. They got her. I mean, they got I, him. It's I, deal. I saw somebody post the other day, do you really believe that that's who's going to be their pick? And I'm like, what? <laughs> what? Like, why would you even ask that? What are you talking about? Like, that's not even, that's not even a joke. They have been waiting on this. They have been tanking on this for two years. Two years. Two years two they've year been waiting yeah. on this. No, I know. There's already some haters out there. But they were like haters that aren't in the lottery. So they were people <laughs> that knew they weren't getting him. So they've already been like, well, I think he went to the worst league. And, like, he want to play a tougher competition. And look at me, skinny. He's going to get – he'll be hurt probably week one. He'll never play again. And he can't play physical. And you're like – Man, why are you trying to, like, hey. I can pick apart any player if you want right. to. Hate, 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 Or you look at what this guy can do and look at all the possibilities and go, oh, yeah, he can do all of these things. And, by the way, he's like seven four seven five. Yeah, yeah and I, I love that we still, we can't even get the, there, there is no uh, concrete 
height on him either. I've, I've seen 7'3", 7'4", 7'5". There's a picture of him. The reason that the 7'5 has come up, guys, because originally, because I, I went and did some research, I was like, man, why the hell I keep getting, I, I go to ESPN, CBS yeah. Sports. I mean, I'm going to actual, we're talking about, you know, credible uh, publications and, and, and websites, and they still can't get the actual height consistent with him. Well, the reason, and I went, like I said, and looked at a picture, the reason is because a picture surfaced of Zach Eady, and and it was like at Chet Holmgren, Zach Eady, and also uh, Wimby in a picture, and he's standing right next to Zach Eady, who's supposed to be seven what seven seven two four, right seven three seven two yeah seven three some, yeah somewhere there and he man he's got I'll I'll send you guys a picture, dude he's a, he's got a I don't looks like an inch and a half on him yep watch I'll send you guys a picture you look at it it looks like he got an inch and a half on him easily. And that's where the people are like, well, he can't be seven three or seven two. That's the same height as Edie, so he's got to be taller. And that's where they went to the man, maybe he's seven five. So that's kind of where the seven five stuff comes from. In case you, you Spurs fans are interested. Well, like I said <laughs> yesterday, I saw a video of him standing next to um, Gobert, and he was looking eye to eye with him, like he was just as tall as Rudy Gobert, maybe even taller. And I'm just like. This dude right here is just so, like, smooth with it, too. Mm. And then we was talking about Mbappe, the soccer player, was at his last game yesterday, and he went to his party. And him standing next to him, he was, like, below his waist. (laughs) And I'm like, goodness (laughs) gracious. Yeah, no, it's like I said, everybody's going to want to see him in person. Uh, I, I, I read this tweet earlier, but um, Jeff McDonald threw this out there who uh, was co- covers the Spurs, and he said um, that the Spurs basically will look at their – I guess he was talking to their front office people. And he said, according to ticket, uh, the Spurs ticket office, deposits for new season tickets began rolling in minutes after the draft lottery announcement last night. There were 2,000 new season ticket packages ordered within the first 12 hours. Yeah. First 12 hours. Yeah. I was gonna try to get one of our my buddies that's uh he works for the Spurs <laughs> and he's one of the ticket guys and he was like, Man, I'm busy. And I'm like, Okay. <laughs> I'll I'm later, like, I'll, okay, I yeah. got you. They yeah, it, it right now I do 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 think that he is going to turn the Spurs into must must watch television for the next few years because of his freakish skill set, but also uh because right now people are saying generational prospect that he is gonna be the next LeBron James, or at least he's the most highly coveted prospect since LeBron James. Some even saying even more so than LeBron James. I right. I'm not going to go there because no. if he can even come close to LeBron James, then and he, and by the way, he's in a perfect situation for it. I know I'm I'm upset, Patrick, about it because I'm a Rockets fan. Can't help but be upset about it because the Rockets end up with the fourth overall pick. You're talking about two Houston sports franchises both trying to tank. Within the same like calendar <laughs> years, and they both screw up the tank. So, and by the way, the Rockets—they didn't really screw it up. They just didn't win the they lottery. They just didn't win the percentages. Yeah, but guys, we have to admit that if we're talking about coaching and culture to help develop what may be the NBA's next mega superstar, mm-hmm. he couldn't have gone to a better place to give him a foundation of coaching and culture, so that you know he doesn't. Straight from the path, he's not going to be job or anything, but that he doesn't, you know, straight from the path of, of you know, him right now being 
on the trajectory mm-hmm. to be the next great superstar in the NBA, um, and he doesn't have the pitfalls that some NBA players have had away from the court because he's a San Antonio Spur. He is a San Antonio Spur. And when you're a San Antonio Spur, Spur that culture – and, and by the way, the fans are a part of that culture, too. The fans yep. in that community are a part of that culture because of the way they treat the players and the appreciation the players have for those fans. It is a part of that because in L.A. and New York and Houston, you don't have that. Dallas, you ain't got that kind of culture. Cities are too damn. The cities are not, not too big because San Antonio is a big city. I'm, I'm going to say the cities are almost too corrupted. Because the media is a different type of media in those big major markets. Yeah, and also, I mean, and we talked about before, there's baseball teams there. There's football teams there. There's a lot of other stuff happening. To where your biggest pro like analyst in San Antonio are NBA people. So you don't have yes. NFL guys do breaking down NBA. You don't like your radio guys, a lot of them are now you have Cowboys people there, but you have people that know basketball because you have to to work in San Antonio. Mm-hmm. So you have a fan base that is very knowledgeable on the game because it is their number one sport versus and in Dallas or Houston where right. you're talking football in the A break. And then if it's baseball, you're probably talking baseball on the B break. And, and then the Houston C break. You are. You're Astros. Yeah. Astros. Yeah. So you're, it's, <laughs> yep. I get why in, in San Antonio you just get a now really Dallas, cool. Dallas, you're talking culture. about the Rangers. Yep. But I think also Agreed. when you look at what Wimbayama brings, is even when the Spurs got Tim Duncan, everybody knew he was going to be a great player. But it wasn't somebody that you were like, I got to set my DVR. Like, what highlight am I seeing on Sports Center? You got a guy who's a really good basketball player, but he wasn't, a, he wasn't constantly on top 10. Agreed. And with Wimbledon, you're like, oh, man, he's playing these little games, and we're going to highlight every game at least. That's actually a good point. You know, One of the big complaints about the Spurs right back in the day is that dynasty, it was a dynasty, yeah, but um, it wasn't necessarily riveting. All right? It wasn't must – in terms right. of – in terms of the aesthetic appeal yeah. of that dynasty. Which also – which also the highlight is, reels. That's everything. also half BS because it was, really, it was really there wasn't enough drama. And they were like, they're not fun enough. You're like, they're a lot of fun to watch. They're just not complaining. They're like, they're not infighting. And there's not drama where they're yelling at other teams. So there's not beefs with everything. Well, and I think uh, people really like that. Drama. They had Tony Parker banging a teammate's Yeah, wife. but they kept it under wraps. Like they it, did. It, it, that wasn't, considering, you're right, that should have been a bigger deal yeah, than it was. Yeah, any other team, that's front page all for a year. Yes. And, and, and San Antonio, they're like, hey, man, just, hey, Brent, go over here. We'll give you some money. <laughs> right. You stay over here. And, hey, man, you know. No, he was dating a Hollywood actress at the time. And it led to their divorce. Yeah. Him and Eva so, Longoria. So, like, that's tough. And San Antonio just kind of buries it. They get, to the fans, to the fans yeah. and their relationship with the team, they're like, yeah. nah, you know what, we're just going to leave that alone. It should have blown up. If it's in Dallas and Houston, it becomes, hell, that's a Dallas story. We're still talking about it, with, with the Jimmys. Yes. Right? Yes. <laughs> Jimmy Jackson. And, and Jimmy Jackson. And, and wasn't it Jason? Tony, Kent, Tony Braxton. Yeah. We're still it talking was about Jamal Mashburn and Jimmy Jackson because yes. it, it was a Triple J range. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Triple J um, range. But no, that's right. a good point. I love what you said, though, about his game. His game, it is aesthetically pleasing. Matter of fact, you could argue it's like, like, because um, it's unlike anything we've ever seen before, and you need to see that type of skill set in a seven four seven five frame. It is going to make it must watch television. I got to see it in person. I'm going to have to make sure that I'm watching it when it's on. And there's a lot of basketball friends, all, basketball fans all across the world. Actually, they're going to feel the same way. Yeah, yep. like, and that's <laughs> the thing is, I can send people one highlight when they say, and it's just the highlight of him doing between the legs dribbles on the perimeter, dribbling around, then pulls up for a three, misses it short, goes in, grabs his own dump t- dunk tip, in, and dunks the ball off his own missed three. And you're like, yeah, not a lot of guys can do that and make it look that easy. Hey, that's, that's the thing about it. I, I said it yesterday. We've never seen 7-5 look this fluid. Yeah. It, it, that's the thing. We've seen 7-4 seven seven guys, skilled 7-4 guys, 7-5 guys. I mean, you know, Ref Samson was what? 
seven three seven, seven four. I think he was seven, seven four. Yeah, Ralph Sampson was seven. I mean, yeah. twin tower. We yeah. seen seven four skilled. Yeah, he's he's just fluid though. I mean, he yeah. can just his move is fluid. It's so smooth in all of his movements, and he's still young. He still he still got his like. The teenage body though. This yeah, is this is teenage body. He yeah, he's not where he needs to be. Yeah, this yet. ain't grown man body yet. Yeah. Grown man body ain't coming for like three, four years we, from now. We will say that. We also saw Kevin Durant's teenage and we're like, <laughs> Kevin Durant still got that body. <laughs> that is true. Uh yeah. He's like a teenage boy body, but still. He's still <laughs> with, cold. with a grown man hairline. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, KD. <laughs> I didn't say it, KD. Since that gets back to you, oh, that was damn. That good. ain't me. But I will say this: all the goats, most of the goats in the NBA in NBA history, they do have receding hairlines. Their hairlines yeah. are struggling. Right? That's why most of them just yep, end up going yep, bald. Yep, yep. So it means you're a goat, KD. Yeah, Closer means. to being a goat than you know, brother. Uh, but here's another little, because uh, I, I love your point about the must-watch television because of his skill set. Nothing to add on to that. And you, you you mentioned this a little bit briefly, but I think the sound, the audio that we have of Win Binyama. And we have two bits of audio. One's the Brian Windhorst one. Let's save that one. Let's get the audio, the, the video Zoom interview that he did right after uh, the Spurs were given the, the top pick. And, you know, the Spurs have also been criticized, at least the perception is, that it's they're not a glamour market. Really tough for the Spurs to attract, you brought this up, Harge, to attract free agents because they're not a glamour market, not considered a sexy market um, to attract free agents on the free agent market. And we know in the NBA these days, a lot of the players are brokering these deals to get players to come to yep. glamour markets so they can you know, live the life they want to live, whether it be on the coast, wherever, wherever it is. And San Antonio just doesn't really fit that. Uh, so they got to build their team a different way, mm-hmm. and they rely on a lot of homegrown talent. Um, not a lot of a ton of homegrown talent, mostly homegrown talent. So loyalty is big with the Spurs. That's why Spurs fans hate Kawhi Leonard. They hate Kawhi Leonard. They still hate him. Yep. It's the lion Kawhi. It's the lion. <laughs> Sorry, they still hate the lion Kawhi Leonard um, because of his, how disloyal <laughs> he was to the Spurs. Listen to Victor Wembanyama being asked about his reaction to the Spurs being given the number one over pick and knowing he's going to be a San Antonio Spur. Keep in mind, one, Tony Parker has been preaching the gospel of the Spurs culture to him because not only are they really good friends because, obviously, both of them Frenchmen, um, but he played for Tony Parker's team. Tony Parker and his brother own a team over there in France, and he played for that team. So he's had eyes on this guy for a long time. He's probably been the pipeline of communication between the Spurs and Wimbenyama and Wimbenyama and the Spurs. But anyway, here's Wimbenyama basically telling you guys this was serendipitous. All right, This was fate stepping in. This is something he says is bigger than him. And it gave me chills, and I'm not even a Spurs fan. So when the pick was made, you looked to your left, you looked to your right, and then you grinned, and then you... Who did you look at, and what were you thinking? There's a special relation between France and the Spurs because, because of Tony, of course, and also Boris. And um, I know half of the country, if not the whole country, wanted the Spurs to have the first pick. So I was looking at everyone, and everyone was happy, so I was too. You had said that the universe told me? The universe told me. Not to brag about it, but I knew what was going to happen. And uh, I actually recorded myself uh, saying it this morning, walking to practice. So, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, the universe told me. Dreams, feelings, yeah. it happens sometimes. But it, it never, it, it, it's never wrong. It's always right. For 
a a sports fandom and a sports community to have had their last superstar leave them like Kawhi Leonard did and to have the basketball gods bless you with the number one overall pick who is going to be Wimby and to have him say what he said has to he can say it gave me chills thinking about it in his day and age for somebody to talk about a team like that and a connection like that usually is not at the professional level especially even before he got to the damn team yeah he's Boom. not even a member of the team yet yeah dude Patrick, your thoughts. I mean, that's that's your squad. That's no, it is. is. And he said, and you've been tanking for two years. <laughs> <laughs> one, one, uh, one, one bad one, season. Yeah, one bad one season. Plus. Okay, uh, okay. No, because we had Sohan last year. Now you didn't tank for Sohan. <laughs> no, you still you don't want to tank for Sohan. No, no, <laughs> yeah. no. That's not worth it. No, but no, but if you look at and he said he's been to San Antonio now. He's gone down because they he knew they're one of the teams. Yeah, and I think he's visited all the teams that may. Just to kind of get a, a baseline of what it's going to be, so when this new when the lottery happened, he could have a reaction instead of going, "Well, I don't know. I've never been there and never talked to him." Uh, Tony Parker posted today a picture of him as a kid in a Tony Parker Spurs jersey, hmm. and so this is someone who's grown up kind of around that, hearing the the benefits of Popovich, hearing the benefits of the culture, yep. having you know having so many fans there, having you know if you. You think about oh what what games do you watch the most? Well, the games that are on TV there are going to be San Antonio games and stuff like that. They have the championships. Mm-hmm. You have that just ingrained in your brain, so you go, well, what do I like? Who's the team I really want to go to? And it's San Antonio. What's funny is with Tony Parker, the one he was saying is he was like, I was the Spurs because my brother was the Bulls because mm-hmm. they wanted grew up watching Michael Jordan, right? And so he was like, but that was the time it was Michael Jordan was the one over there. Because he was one anywhere. Exactly. And Tony Parker changed that a little bit because it gave the representation to the French people that they could make it to the NBA. So everyone going up. And it's just that next line of it. And then the next French guy will be, well, I saw I watch my money on. Come. It's unbelievable. Yeah, you're right. Because Boris Diaw is the other kind of the French yeah. connection. That was also possible yep. because of Tony Parker because they're really good friends. He yeah, that was. Yeah, because basically they were. That was when Boris Diaw played for the Suns, played really well. He basically started going around the league, and I think he was on the Hornets. I think that's where he was at when yeah, Boris Dia. When when yeah. he basically yes, he gained right. a bunch of weight, was not playing as well. His career was kind of coming to an end, and he got cut. Spurs brought him in for that for a run, and that's when he started to try and you know get back into shape a little bit. Boris Dia came in the league as a point guard. Yeah. He's six a six point guard. six seven point guard. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's actually crazy to think about too. And yeah. then by the end he was playing center. <laughs> yeah. And by the end he was playing center. center. That's yeah. Right. It's but yeah if you watch this, the just and how the fans embraced Boris mm-hmm. Dia when he came too. So mm-hmm. you just have that. Well, I played in multiple cities. This is the one who treated me like I was an NBA champion and I was yeah. a lifelong spur. So you Phoenix got doesn't these, Phoenix doesn't care about so Boris Dia like NBA that. NBA players. Good point. Going back telling him like yeah. no no but San Antonio for a. In, for an NBA player, it's a great time. Hey, and it's, it's a like great place anytime you want, they'll call you up and go, "Hey, can you come in for this event? We'll give you this amount of money to come in for this event." Yep. Like, and just kind of helping you out, or you know, you don't need it, but hey, come into San Antonio. We'll pay for your flight. We'll get you. We'll get you a nice room. We'll do all this. Fans are gonna love you, and we'll pay you this amount. Taking care of you so that you are the next ambassador, because they realize other teams go, "Hey, can you come for this for event?" and uh, you know, it's a it's a standard fee, so like we can get you like a coach flight. We can like no, Spurs know how to take care of their ex players because that's really all you have in recruiting to a city like San Antonio. It, it's it's like Jerry Jones with the Cowboys. Yep. If you have that mentality of we our selling point is 
we take care of our players, that may be what we need when we go into free agency and when we go and try and get a player in a trade or whatever else, that we can we can sell them that once you're here, you're family. Yeah. yeah. Well, Texas was trying, Texas has been trying to sell that too. Yeah. Texas yep. Longhorn, that's yep. part of their recruiting too. Like, yep. no, no, you come to Texas, the network will take care of you. Yep. Like, you'll, yep. you'll be able to find the family will take care of you. One other thing uh, to add to that real, real quick, Patrick, because we were talking about this. It's interesting that a lot of the superstars that help build the, the, the Spurs culture, they're still in the, on the periphery of the, the organization. Like Tony Parker still lives there. Yep. Duncan is, you know, he's back and forth, some semi-coaching sometimes coming back and forth. Still in the city, though. Still in the city, though. David Robinson, I mean, they're still around. Because a lot yep. of these guys, you would assume, too, you're like, San Antonio's not a place where you necessarily stay when you're retired at 40 years old okay. and a millionaire. You're like, man, I can go wherever I want in the world. Especially international. Some of these guys but are they international go players. Out here, you go, I can buy myself a lot of land, be out wherever I want. Yep. I, I've, I'm a legend wherever I go. And they, the, the community still takes the care of The community takes care of And they know well enough to not, you know, overdo it. So if I can go to a restaurant or whatever and they put me in the room, people will be respectful enough of me to not be jumping all over me. Like, oh, man, look who it is. Yep. Yeah. It, it's it's built that community enough that I think it's a very – it's a cool scene when it's when it's going well. And then if you Kawhi Leonard it, then it's all over. <laughs> uh, the news going to happen there, to a right? Verb, yeah. man. You Kawhi <laughs> When up, you Kawhi yes, It is yeah. what it is. Uh, all right, we'll keep the NBA conversation going. Uh, next segment, we'll continue NBA discussion. we got to talk about Adam Silver and John Moran. John Moran put out a statement. Like. Adam Silver uh, had a statement as well on the NBA draft lottery about John Moran. We'll address that. I did some research about how special Win Binyama is compared to uh, the other uh, international uh, prospects who have been drafted in the lottery. So a great article from The Ringer that addressed this too. So we'll get into that too a little bit and talk about uh, how generational the talent of Wimby actually is. All that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie. I want to down the horn. I'm as mad as hell and I'm not going to take this anymore. Find out what happens when people stop being polite and start getting real. You ain't keeping it real. My God! Okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. Oh, you've done it now. It's time for Rod's Rant of the Day. Hold on to your butts. All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. Time for Rod's Rant of the Day. We'll get to that John Morant statement. Also hear from Adam Silver here as well. But to continue our discussion uh, about the Spurs winning the NBA draft lottery and which means the victor go to spoils. They win Win Binyama. Um, here's a couple of uh, little nuggets about Win Binyama. Just comparing him to some other uh, international lottery picks. So, uh, the Ringer, actually, uh, they referenced basketball reference and real GM and went over data from the 25 previous lottery picks who were playing in an international league. And they wanted to compare Win Binyama's stats in an international league to the rest of these 25 lottery picks uh, from international play. So compared to those 25 previous international lottery picks, and I believe they went back to 2001, um, and so they couldn't get back to 2,000 because I want to say that Yao Ming's like 30, like basically Yao Ming stats wouldn't be on here because um, the Chinese Basketball Association isn't available. So some stuff, they couldn't get all of it because they were comparing stats from a lot of leagues that don't make their stats readily available. So there's some of that too, just to throw it out there. But for all the stats they could find and that they could compile, 
of the 25 previous international lottery picks. Wenbenyama ranks first in points per game, first in rebounds per game, first in blocks per game, um, playing more than 30 minutes per contest. Uh, that's also kind of helps with the stats. But if you look at the stats per 36 minutes, still first in points, second in rebounds, and second in blocks per 36 minutes. So... Uh, prolific. And I love this stat. Here, and you'll like this stat too, Patrick. So when Benyama, <clears throat> uh, he leads the uh, his LNB Pro A France Top Flight Basketball League. He leads it in points, rebounds, and blocks. Um, he has nearly double uh, the amount of blocks than the next closest player total. Uh, he's averaging 21.8 points per game, 10.6 rebounds, 2.46, and 3.6 blocks per game. The only Division I player in the last 30 years to average 20, 10, and 2 on at least three blocks per game, Tim Duncan. Hey, <laughs> you like that. Yeah, rich kid, rich man. Yeah, there you yeah, go. Yeah, no, no, no. And they got you pumped up there. Yeah, there you go. So, yeah, Tim Duncan. And, of course, he's going to the San Antonio Spurs, uh, another generational talent. Uh, okay, so real quick, just uh, for perspective on those stats that I gave you, before somebody hits me up on the spec text line throwing this out there, just for context, I do. Uh, it does say that those. Uh, if you look at his block rate of Win Benyama in the league that he's playing in, he has a ten percent block rate this season. For context, Jaron Jackson led the NBA with a nine point six uh, block rate, and he won Defensive Player of the Year. And Manu Bowl is the only qualifying player in NBA history to reach double digits in a season. Uh, and Win Benyama, they're saying like his defensive prowess could be that good. But I will, like I said, I'm throwing this out there too. Uh, just for context, he dominated the French League, which only is kind of a middle-quality competition league. I'm sure Patrick probably knows all about this. Uh, and Fran Fischilla, actually, one year in 2017, he ranked all of the international leagues, and he ranked the French League, the LNB Pro A, 7th out of 12 non-NBA leagues around the world. By comparison, Fran Schilla ranked the Euro League and Spain's Liga ACB 1st and 2nd respectively. Um, ESPN's Kevin Pelton calculates that the gap between the French League that Wimbanyama's from and the Euro League is about as large as the gap between the Euro League and the NBA. Remember, Luka Doncic, MVP performance as a teenager in the Euro League and the Spanish League, those are way tougher leagues yeah. than Wimby. So if there is any other international prospect to compare Wimby to, it would be Luka because Luca was a beast coming out and had dominated those leagues over there. I don't know if Wimby dominated. He did try to go up in competition because he left Tony Parker's team to go to the Mont- that Montreal, I forgot, 90, the Met- they call them the Mets. I think. The, the yeah. Metropolitan 92. The Metropolitan 92. 92. They call them yeah. the Mets. He left that league because that was a more competitive league. So he's trying to get to the highest level of competition he can get to before the NBA. But, of course, that will be a, a shock to the system. Yeah, there's yeah. also there's reasons of not going to the Spanish League or the Euro League because because they do play a more physical style. And not that he didn't want to necessarily play that, but mm-hmm. when you understand how many millions of dollars are on the line for you to be healthy going into this draft, that you went, you know, I don't want to get someone who's 6'8 to try and make a name on me by knocking me over 15 times in a game mm-hmm. to go, look how tough I am. And he knew that it was more probable okay. if he went to an area where it was not his home anymore and there was there was more variables. I agree with that. No, and so yeah. I think there was more of that in play Got more than him. Than him being like, oh, I don't want to play the toughest competition. Like, I'll do, I'll play the toughest competition in one season. But there's a little bit more respect, and there's guys there who may be trying to make a name off of an 18, 19 year old kid because they know he's the biggest prospect. 
and that may not be best for my health. Totally agree. Right. Uh, no question about it. All right. Uh, one other quick little nugget before we move on to the John Moran story and this Adam uh, Silver sound here. So um, I want to throw this out there because we, we, we put it out there earlier, but just just a testament to how great the Spurs organization is overall. Um, and it hurts me to praise the Spurs as much as a Rockets fan, but, man, you got to give respect when respect, respect is due. Uh, so he spent, essentially the Spurs ended up trading DeJounte Murray last summer to trade up to basically, eh, I'm not saying they, they, they were tanking. Um, so that tank job that was part of it allowed them to get into the lottery and for that, basically for DeJounte Murray, got them into the lottery. They end up winning the lottery, getting Wimby. But they also got two unprotected first-round picks mm-hmm. in 2025 and 2027. They have a, a protected first-round pick from Charlotte in uh, in 25 or 26, and they got an unprotected pick swap with the Hawks in 2026. They also have the Bulls first in 2025, which is a top-10 protected uh, in 2025, and a top eight protected in 2026 to 27, and the Raptors' first round pick they also have next season, which is top six protected. Mm-hmm. And they got cap space also. Yeah. They got cap space. I, I will note on Dejounte Murray that all the rumors were he was not going to resign. So, oh, yeah, so even a smarter so, move. <laughs> so one of the reasons why they didn't want to move him is that he was basically hinting towards he was not really happy there in San Antonio. And he said that after he left. Yeah, that he was not happy. Yeah. He's made some, you know, he's he wasn't the biggest fan. Of how things were going there. Hey, they learned their lesson from Kawhi Leonard. Like, you don't want to yeah. be here? Yeah. Hey, let's get, we'll find a place hey, for you. Max value for you. Max value for <laughs> you yeah. now. Yeah. Hey, that was a lesson learned. That's the yeah. organization. It's like, no, no. The Kawhi Leonard, he started hinting that he didn't want to be there. That's yeah. fine. You don't want to be there. We'll go make a deal and we will get best the best return we can get for you. They did that with their young star, Jante Murray. And look what happened. Yeah. Look what happened. And now we're just going to hope that the Hawks, uh, Trey Young, if that doesn't work, and they have to blow everything up, and then all their oh, picks right. fall to us. That's what we're up. Yeah. Now, we guys don't need any more luck. All right. Hey, let's get back in that lottery, I'm guys. I'm rooting for the things to go the Spurs' way. All right. We're no more. That. No That's more. That's it. You got to wait another 20 years. <laughs> exactly. That was it. Well, how many titles they all get in between in there? Uh, yeah, you know? They hoping. Oh, if man. you ask Wimbanyama, he thinks it's happening tomorrow. He did. He did say that, actually. Yeah, not happening. Not happening. Not tomorrow, but uh, soon. Soon they will be in that conversation. All right. Let's get to Ja Morant, gentlemen, because uh, there, the Ja Morant story has taken a different turn. Ja Morant did put out a statement. We'll read that statement when we, uh, when we come back, but I want to hear this sound first from Adam Silver, because Adam Silver was asked about Ja Morant's latest controversy, the video of, that surfaced on Instagram Live of him brandishing a gun very briefly, and uh, after, of course, he was already suspended during the regular season mm-hmm. for a very similar incident. Listen to Adam Silver. It's a little lengthy, so we may cut it off, but uh, he seems flabbergasted by the whole damn thing. What did you say to him about how much more severe it would be if he did this again? Well, we we talked directly about the consequences first before we got to a subsequent um, potential to have done something wrong. We were very focused on the misconduct that was in front of us at the time and and frankly most of our conversation was about how incredibly serious the first incident was of waving you know a firearm on you know on social media and again you know the, and the consequences there an eight game suspension was pretty serious and something that he, at least to me, seemed to take incredibly seriously in that time. And we spoke for a long time about not just the consequences that could have on 
his career, but the safety issues around it um, could have injured, maimed, killed himself, someone else with an act like that. And also the acknowledgement that, as you said, he's a star. I mean, he has an incredibly huge following. And that my concern, and I thought he shared with me, that millions, if not tens of millions of kids globally would see him as having done something that was celebrating in a way. You know that that act of 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 sort of of of, of using a firearm in that fashion, and so I at least was left um, with the sense that he was taking this incredibly seriously. So honestly, I was shocked. I didn't get enough when I saw this um, weekend. He was shocked to say the least. I think we all were. Uh, I think I was stupefied to see it happen again with John Morant. And John Morant's statement um, is, uh, I know I've disappointed a lot of people who have supported me. This is a a journey, uh, and I recognize there is more work to do. My words may not mean much right now, but I take full accountability for my actions. I'm committed to continuing to work on myself. All right. That's John Morant. So, what do we think Adam Silver's going to do? We just heard from Adam Silver, the commissioner of the NBA, he seems very frustrated, seems stupefied and flabbergasted by, you know, John Morant's actions after uh, the suspension during the season. Um, it looks like there's another suspension coming. Obviously, he's suspended now from team activities and everything pending the investigation. After the investigation is done, whatever the investigation reveals, Hearts, what do we think uh, the penalty is going to be from Adam Silver this time? Uh, Hearts is going to be much harsher. I, I would than it was. I would think that would be true strictly because of the fact that we've had this conversation before. Right? We've been to this moment. And if you can't change your friends, change your friends. Man, it wasn't on your Instagram live. It's like me and you riding around town. I got Instagram live on and we doing something we're not supposed to be doing. That's not Rod's fault. That's my fault. So for me, I'm like, you You got to remove yourself from a lot of these situations. And how do I do that? Well, I know this is my boy, but my boy is putting me in another spot. You've put me in a, in a different spot because if, no, if you don't have your Instagram live on, nobody knows that I'm doing this. You know, and, and this is where we, we can look at things. And because of his, again, we talk about credit reports and, and history of something that you have done that has been, and, and what he was doing was not illegal. It wasn't illegal. I mean, he he owns the gun, but the flashing of it, you know, when, you, when you're able to carry it, you're supposed to be a responsible gun owner. He's acting out of character for what, from what we've seen in our past. But I've also been looking at some of his viral stuff from days when he was younger. Yeah. He's it's, he's got some other stuff that's going no, no, on he, too. He like he likes to that he, he likes to live his life on social media. Yeah, he's and that by the way, that's like eighty percent of young people. Maybe more. So I'm not he, <laughs> maybe more. Maybe so I'm more. not criticizing that. It happens all the time. Uh, but for him, he's got to realize he's got special a special situation, special circumstances. And I'm with you. I just think he need to put in some fail safes. Like yep. I'm with you. And you know, we brought it up yesterday. You know, the the live videos is just crazy. Like yep. you should you should cut out the live videos. Period. 
Yeah. All videos now should never be live. I'm not saying you can't. Honestly, I would I would try to de- deter all type of videoing any type of situation that we're doing, any um, event that we're hanging out Agreed. at, any time that we're having, you know, going out to the club, whatever we're doing, or Agreed. in our car hanging out. No videos, dog. Let's just can we try that for a while? No, just no videos. No, you got phones. I get it, but no videos. Can we have the pack that is no videos? Yep. And then after that, no live videos. Got two rules on top of them. It's like the Fight Club rule, right? What's the first rule of Fight Club? We don't talk about Fight Club. What's the second rule of Fight Club? Don't talk about Fight Club. So the first damn rule should be (laughs) no videos, and the second rule be no live videos. Basically, same damn rule. Yep. One and two. I'm with you. I don't know how that has not popped up. Whatever this public relations uh, team is right now. No, it it don't even. I don't even need my PR team. That should just be a common. That should be us. But we know. Common sense ain't so common. Very much so. So, and then, and right? then, if there's other things that are involved during the process, your clarity of thinking is no longer involved either. So that might be something too, because what if it's alcohol or whatever? Uh, yeah, oh, whatever. Really, he might, yeah, okay, whatever yeah, yeah. he's at. Okay, I got because you. Because then you start expanding and you well, thinking more everything. To don't film it. Right. I agree. Let the man get his That's, drink on, which or whatever, goes back to. No phones should be out ever with us together. The Derek Jeter rules should apply. Exactly. Yeah. Leave it at the door. Hey, Derek who's Jeter that Texas rules. guy with the NDAs? Call him up. Yeah. That guy, <laughs> he's no longer there with the Texas. Hey, he, oh, John, he's the PR guy. He, yeah, hey, yeah. John, he's, he's open. Yeah. yeah. Hey, he's, he's, he's unemployed. <laughs> I agree with you about the, the friends thing, too. Because yeah. it, this same guy has been involved in multiple uh, Jai Morant uh, incidents. Exactly. One of his closer friends. And I say he can't have a friend. Obviously, we all have close friends. Um, but if you can't change your friends, change your friends. Maybe y'all just need to take a break yeah. for a while. Yep. All right, you and that friend, I you agree. and that social circle. I agree. So I don't know what John Morant's going to do. I don't know what the penalty's going to be, but I think the penalty's going to be really harsh. And, Patrick, let me ask you, does the penalty carry, has to carry over into the season, right? We're talking about he's got to miss games. Otherwise, it's not a harsh penalty. I, I, I think we'll probably see Memphis and John Morant find a way to – the community service slash like, like try and make it seem like he's doing like the same way thing they did before where they're like eight games was a lot but there was a whole fake counseling thing of like hey we're gonna go do this and everybody knew at the time that it was probably bogus because it was really quick where he's like hey man you know I just need a little bit of counseling so in three days I fixed all my problems yeah that's true. That, like that when that happened I, I feel you're gonna see something and whether however that comes out whether it is he goes to rehab for drinking or whether it is some other thing that happens where they go, oh, no, no, this is part of this other underlying problem that is a major problem and in America. And then people go, oh, okay, well, we got to come a little bit more slack. I think that will play out of how people react to it. But at the end of the day. You don't think it's going to be real help, though, real counseling? Like, you don't think he's actually going to pursue? No, I mean, I think if he wins. he probably needs to. Yeah, but it's I like, think if he's you go, faking he, it. He needs some no, therapy. No, no, and it's like yeah. if you go to. Yeah. We all, I, by the way, we all need therapy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, he and needs it, it, and we all need it. And it's like <laughs> if you go to rehab, Very it doesn't so. matter. You can go to rehab every other month. If you don't want to quit, you're not going to quit yeah, doing exactly. whatever you yeah. want. You got so it, it, it all depends on how seriously he decides and when he decides he wants to change what he's doing. And you don't have to change that much. You just have to realize there has to be a private part of my life. That's it. There has mm-hmm. to be a private part of my life. And if that private part, you want to wave around guns and be an idiot, be my guest. It's your <laughs> private part of your life. But when you make it public, you are making the corporation you work for and the entity you work for and look people, stupid. Who you endorse. And the people you endorse, <laughs> all of those people look stupid, yep. and they don't like looking stupid. So that's why you have to stop. 
There's morally, there's very little that falls into what he needs to think. It's what he needs to fall into is, hey, what do I need to fix so that I am not getting in trouble anymore? And then from there, we can span into, do you want to try and figure out how to grow up a little bit more and realize that you're doing things that most of us wore clothes when we were that age that we look back at now and go, wow, that was stupid. He's doing things that could cost him millions of dollars. And potentially end worse. Already cost him millions. Yes. Yeah. Because he's already missed the all NBA team as a result yep. of suspension, cost him potentially like thirty something million dollars. So it's already costing the money. Mm-hmm. And I and you know what? Also throw out there on top of the suggestions we made, um, I would like him, if he has not already, to take the firearm safety courses if he has not already taken them. And if he has taken them, people need to know about it. Because the 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 perception is that he is an irresponsible fire uh firearm owner. Yep. That he's irresponsible because he waves it around. And he's so he needs to prove that right that he's a very responsible gun owner, and I think he can do that by letting people know. No, no, I actually am a gun I'm enthusiast. Yeah. I take my gun, you know, safety uh, classes and gun safety very seriously. And they should show him at a gun range. He should go on sixty minutes. He should do the tour. Yep. All right, about him and safety uh, and gun safety ownership and all that kind of stuff. Because right now that's the perception. All right, we come back. Uh, we'll get into off the record. Probably won't get into it that much because we're a little late here. But then we'll get into some Sark audio and to writing Terry and go behind the burn orange curtain right here on Ball Don't Lie. Wonderful on the horn. Do you really want me? All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. Uh, we'll be quick here because uh, we're a little late on the last segment talking a lot about Ja Morant. There is a lot to talk about. Midweek movie music edition of Ball Don't Lie. That's when Patrick takes jams from the soundtrack of a movie, plays those songs for us, and based on the selections that are played, Hard's not supposed to gather clues and hints that lead us to the featured film of the day, which is Roadhouse. It's a classic, and actually, Harge and I were... Disappointing because we did not get it. Actually, it took us a long time. Took us a while. Took a long time. To the four o'clock several, hour. Several clues and hints. I know. I went, I, it. It's because I went too recent the last two weeks. Threw you off that I was going way back. To, I was going back to the eighties. Yeah, you yeah, went you Guardians of the Galaxy back to back week. Yeah, and then I went back to the eighties. And then what, what were you thinking? Fast and the Furious Hards. That was yeah, I was like, because it's about to come out. Way, so way I thought off. I was be, yeah, <laughs> I'm like okay, you might get that next week or something. Yeah, exactly. uh, all right, we come I don't back. Know their soundtracks. Yeah, I'm about to look into right. it. I, I don't think know. the soundtrack. What Luda's got to be on the soundtrack, right? He's got to be. On. I don't know what they <laughs> play in the movie though. Yeah, that's true. I don't. I don't think anybody pays attention. You're too. Uh, you're too stupefied by the stunts and all the crazy stuff going on in Fast and. Furious. All right, we come back. We'll uh, get to some Sark audio, Rodney Terry audio. We go behind the burnt orange curtain, talk about Rojo and Bijan. So lots of Longhorn football discussion on the other side. Right here on Ball Don't Lie, wonderful down the horn.